We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than Just Brew Coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check out their online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. And remember, they roast, you just brew. Before we get started, we want to remind you that today's episode pairs wonderfully with a nice, rare filet. At four foot nine inches tall, Issei Sagawa might not look threatening, but this tiny specimen has become famous for being both a murderer and a cannibal. Today, we'll discuss how Issei's infatuation with cannibalism developed, how he coped with it, and how he finally acted on it in a brutal and repulsive way. We'll also look at some of the other odd fetishes Issei is into. So, what were the consequences of his actions? How did these heinous crimes lead to fame? And what has Issei been up to in recent years? Well, let's answer these questions. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of raw food, stick around. Tonight's episode is to die for. This is Necronomapod. Now he's like a, a mini celebrity in that he, he was the guy who ate someone in Paris. Because what happens is, as time passes on, the vulgarity of the crime and the shock of the crime starts to wear off. And no one can kind of like visualize it anymore. They forgot the victim's name. You know, for me, who saw what he did to his victim and had to explain this to her family, I find it shocking that he used his freedom in order to get famous for what he did. At the very least, he could have remained discreet once he was free in Japan. So on this show, we pride ourselves on asking the hard-hitting questions. We break people's balls. We go straight at them. We don't beat around the bush, so to speak. We're not pansies. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> today we, we answer the questions. Ian, I'll start with you. All right. Top three favorite candy bars. Uh, not candy. So throw yeah. out Skittles, throw out M&Ms, yeah. you know, juicy fruits, whatever else people eat. Mike and Ike's. Does, uh, does Re- do Reese Cups count? Oh, judge's ruling. I'm going to say no. Oh. I'm right. going to say no. But, um, but I feel like Reese's makes a ton of like candy bar style things. Yeah. yeah. I like I would accept a take five. No, not that one. Um, he but, was already he fucking blue. Burst oh, I, I, I had a feeling he was going to say no when we were talking about this earlier. And someone today. might argue, but I just don't consider those candy bars. Hmm. They're, they're candy. I know they're very popular. All right. I think they're overrated. Well, they're a cup. They're not a bar. It's true. Okay. I got mine. But, uh, okay. You, Go ahead. Reese's Sticks. So that's three. That's your third? No, or are you asking me if I accept that? No, no. That's a that's a bar. It's okay. a shape of a bar. Yeah. All right. I accept it. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no, I don't either. So yeah, yeah. sounds all right. Reese's. It sounds like a Reese cup. Just it's a stick version. It's like a Kit Kat, but a Reese version. Okay. Uh, Reese sticks, Three Musketeers, and Kit Kat. Number one's Kit Kat. No. Oh, you were going back. You did a day. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus Christ <laughs> with you two. God damn. So the sticks number one. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Musketeers. Two and Kit Kat three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dave, start with your third. Let's build to this here. <laughs> just ruined it right off the bat. You don't have an Threw orgasm. Cups, you don't read it backwards. You don't have an <laughs> orgasm and then have sex. You have sex to build towards the orgasm. Really? No, you don't do it like that. <laughs> well, your balls well, are well, cut not, off. You're not doing anything I'm like that. I'm not doing anything currently. <laughs> snip, snap, snip, snap. I'm waiting for you, Blue Chew. Number three is a Heath bar. Underrated candy bar. Very delicious. Yeah. Number two is a Butterfinger bar. Mm. Number one, the greatest candy bar in the history of candy bars 
is the Hunter Graham bar. It's wow. not up for debate. It's the most wonderful candy bar that has ever been made. I don't know, man. Hands down. I was with you the on best. the first two. $100,000 bar. It's wonderful. It's right the office. You can make a hundred grand. <laughs> throws it, in. it is the best. Okay. Hey, that's all I got to say. What's all in, what's in it. It's been so long since I've had a hundred grand. Oh, fucking nougat or something. <laughs> I can nougat and some, like some, some crisp stuff, some there's chocolate peanuts in it. Right. Yeah. Some peanuts, maybe. I just I know, know it's delicious. Been... I don't analyze what's I don't know. in I think it. You're just making <laughs> shit up, Ian. I don't know if I'm thinking about right payday, thing. which is just peanuts and caramel. <laughs> like, there's literally no chocolate on that. You open the wrapper and it's just fucking peanuts staring you in the yeah, face. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. This pe- uh, payday is the saltiest treat you could ever have. I don't enjoy payday. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah, I agree. I like a whatchamacallit. Well, let me get to my list. Oh, foreshadow alert. Number three. A whatchamacallit. <laughs> oh, nice. A very underrated candy. I agree. Those People are good. People forget about them. I almost picked that over Heath Bar, but I, I, in the end, I went to Heath. Whatchamacallit's very good. Number two, I'm with you, Dave. Butterfinger. Delicious. delicious. And number one, I'm with Ian on his third pick. My favorite is a Kit Kat. Really? I love Kit Kats. And I'm one of those fucking badasses that I just fucking, I, I don't break well, that's them. That's true. I don't break them. I just bite right <laughs> into the four pieces. Like just you don't give fucking, a fuck. You no. just go for oh, it. No, no holds barred on a Kit Kat. <laughs> but they also make those those big Kit Kat, like they're actually like a candy bar style. Mm-hmm. Those are delicious too. Mm. All right. Also, a um runner up to my list, honorable mention, if you will, zero bar. Those are good. I don't think I've ever it's had white one of those. chocolate, nougat, no. and almonds. Can't He's do disgusted. White He's disgusted. I like white chocolate. I, yeah, I love gross. white chocolate Kit Kats are bomb. You know, speaking since we're talking about Japan tonight, I had a bunch of Japanese candy like last year, maybe. Yeah, and uh, they have some interesting Kit Kats over there. I've like seen wasabi some wasabi ones. That yeah, are green. yeah, they're good. Sounds There's good. a new like mint one, like a mint chocolate chip or a mint chocolate uh, Kit Kat, I believe. Yeah. Then you have like a cinnamon one. Probably, like, Where'd a... you get them from? Uh, our friend Ashley, oh. who's over there in Japan. Oh, she's supposed to be investigating the uh, the, the forest, forest for us. That's yeah. right. Waiting Correspondent that. Ashley. Waiting on that. Haven't report. had an update. Been about a year. <laughs> we'll make a whole bonus show out of it when we get that report. <laughs> but yeah, they have some interesting Kit Kats and mm. flavors. But the one that sticks out that I remember is the wasabi one. And it's green. Like oh, It looks, looks like a green Kit Kat. It's cool. Well, that's good. When I developed my list, I did not expect either of you to have a Kit Kat or whatchamacallit on it. And look at that. You both had, uh, well, you didn't have whatchamacallit officially on your list. Though. That was my fourth. Yeah. It's your runner up. But you like zero bars too? I like zero bars. We're Nothing per- compares to 100 grand though. What about, um, what was the other one you said? The, what was your third? Heath. Heath bar is good. Fuck yeah, it's good. Ooh, a Heath uh, Blizzard from Dairy Queen. It's the best. It's really good. I like the Butterfinger ones better, but Heath is good. Heath bar Blizzard. What's man. in a score bar? I don't even know what that is. S K O R. Sounds like chewing tobacco or something, maybe. <laughs> I know it does, and it looks very adult. <laughs> Let me look this up now while we're just spitballing here. Score candy is a candy bar produced by Hershey. It's brittle, so it's essentially like a brittle type. So you're going to bust mm. your teeth when you bite into it. <laughs> but you guys had never seen... Is it the silver wrapper? No. It's very aggressive looking. Like, it could be dip. Yeah. Black and orange. I don't even know what that is. No. Well, it's like a brittle. <laughs> Delicious milk chocolate and crisp butter toffee. That sounds good. Someone send us some score bars, please. I'll take a case of 100 grands. I'll take a case of 100 grand cash. <laughs> All right. So we got a fun one today, and it's up to uh, Ian to say his name from here on out. So we'll let him take over from here. Yeah, and this is a, this is a Dave special. Dave did this outline for me. I did most of it. I don't. I don't think it's fun as you just categorized it. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't know. We just finished a month of John Benet Ramsey, and now you're saying this tops it. Just well, it's fucked. We'll up talk story. about it at the end. It's just fucked up. It's a man. disturbing story. This is bad. This is bad all around. Let's dive in. All right, let's get into him. Ize Sagawa was born in Kobe, Japan, on April 26, 1949, to somewhat wealthy parents. 
He was born prematurely, reportedly small enough to fit in the palm of his father's hand, and immediately developed enteritis, which is a disease of the small intestine. Does that disease allow you to ingest human flesh? I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) Let's find out. (laughs) After several injections of potassium and calcium, he would recover from this illness. But this whole being born premature thing um, and just being a small person in general would fuel his later obsession with cannibalism. That's a nice little teaser. That's what it's called, cannibal juice, the potassium and calcium. (laughs) Cannibal juice. When you mix those two things together. that's what happens. You turn into a cannibal. (laughs) Sagawa first fantasized about cannibalism while in first grade after seeing another male student's thigh saying, quote, it was in, fir- in the first grade of elementary school when I saw the quivering meat on a male classmate's thigh, and I suddenly thought, mmm, that looks delicious. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I remember those days. <laughs> That's early on. The quivering. quivering. Quivering meat of a classmate's thigh. And that's what you think. Mmm, delicious. Mm. No sexual feelings. Hunger. Hunger. I just wanted to go, uh, you know, play some dodgeball or something. First grade, fuck yeah! I wanted to get, I wanted to get out of school and go home and play with my wrestling figures. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. You didn't want to eat the kid sitting next to you. <laughs> I could honestly say I did not. <laughs> I'm not in touch with that feeling. Also, looking back on his childhood, Sagawa said that sex was something that was not talked about. He had no knowledge of it, and according to some of his interviews, he had no knowledge of the word in general. Well, when, it's pretty taboo in Japan back then, right? Even discussing yeah, anything sex-related. Right. Yeah. And here now they sell used panties and vending machines. <laughs> How far we've come, am I right? Japan goes for the gold when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to their uh, their porn industry and all that. Oh yeah. So at their county fairs, they're not selling turkey legs now. They're selling human thighs. Oh. <laughs> Walk around munching on those. Oh. Having no knowledge of sex at all. And then already having these weird thoughts about uh, about eating other kids' legs. He didn't understand anything when it came to when he started actually getting sexual feelings. Didn't know anything about masturbation. So he resorted in trying different ways to, uh, to relieve himself with that, including bestiality with his dog. So he was just all confused. Ugh. Well, at this point, you know, you almost put that part on the parents. Like, you should be educating your i mean that's still young but you should be educating him and maybe getting him it's the role of a proper parent help i mean i guess they don't know about these weird feelings yet but he should at least be understanding sex i think if he's starting to have these feelings or should feel comfortable enough to talk to them about it yeah, i think it's a societal thing over there i don't know that it yeah. worked like that we're what also talking about what, what 50s 60s yeah taboo like you said what do you think the hottest dog is <laughs> Like, what would you go for? I can't <laughs> like, Ian, would you go with like a, a little Yorkie where you could just hold it up and spin it around on your cock? Or do you think you'd go for like no. a like a Rottweiler and hold on to its hips no. and it's bucking around like a bunch? Well, I, I can't. think. All right. If we're going to have this conversation, hold on. Let me take a swig of beer here. The Yorkie's the easiest, right? But you're thinking of fucking it. Like when I read this, I was just thinking like you're, he's slabbing some peanut butter on his on his balls and letting the dog go to town. <laughs> he was. That's what yeah. he was doing. So then you'd probably want something with the biggest tongue, no? So you want more of a bigger yeah, dog? Yeah, like a little like raw like a sandpaper. Like what grit sandpaper would you want? <laughs> would you want your dog that's blowing you to have? Oh, like a hundred, right? Like a mid-range sandpaper grit, like a hundred. I have no fucking idea what sandpaper grit is. I don't do manly work. I didn't I know, know there were different yeah. grades of sandpaper. I didn't know there was a thing. Yeah. Well, you're talking to us. We don't fucking know. We need something done with our house. We call professionals to get it done. Right. We need our balls licked. We call a professional. I'm just saying, you you don't want it to rough up your cock, oh, your dog's that, tongue, but you, don't, you want to get a little bit of friction going. How does that translate to a dog's tongue? I don't know the, the different... Well, you've had dogs lick you, haven't you? Some are rough, some are soft, some are gentle. I think it's well documented I'm not an animal lover. I don't let a lot of dogs lick me. Still. Right, I'm just asking questions. I, I, I'm asking hey, the questions we, that people want answers to. Hey, we, we addressed that with the candy bars. Now we're addressing right. it with dog's tongues on your cock. <laughs> We answer all the questions. I feel like the same thing happened on uh, Flatwoods Monster. (laughs) After a long series of Scientology, shit went way off the rails. I would say maybe the prettiest dog would be like, I don't 
No. I'm really interested to hear where this guy, the prettiest I dog is. I don't know what a pretty oh, dog is. You don't want is. an ugly dog licking your cock. No, you don't. You don't want like a little disgusting little. Well, I think all small dogs are disgusting as shit. You don't like the small dogs no. either. A nice mid-sized dog. But then you feel like if you have like a, a Rottweiler or a Boxer or something, that's like a tough, like almost masculine type dog. Do you I want that? Bite your cock off. You, you might get aggressive. Ian, I'm sorry to say this, but I think it might be a golden retriever. I think that might be the perfect balance. Go call man. Well, I'll have no part of that. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that's like a big dog, but they're also pretty and they're they're friendly. All right, that's <laughs> oh boy. So somewhere in the middle. All right, good answer. Good answer. You, I was just curious. You know, we can move on. Oh, we are. Oh, we are. <laughs> Sagawa developed an attraction to Western women, specifically tall ones. His first escalation towards murder really has a lot of similarities to uh, to Jerry Brudos, where they're being just really impulsive and no planning at all, just like yeah, that's a good point, going for it. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Jerry Brudos available in our archives. <laughs> I think you're correct. Check it out. What did he do? He like took the girl upstairs and then pretended like what happened? He he, uh, he ran out the door and pretended like he got kidnapped <laughs> or something crazy. He ran in the back shed, didn't he? And like put back on like a shirt and tie. Yeah. So he he brought he he said that he was a cop investigating oh, the panty right. thief. He's like sweating. <laughs> and then he, when she came over, he like did the whole like kind of temporary kidnapping. Took pictures of her. And then he ran back around and was like, oh, this mask guy right. tied me up in the back. Just I broke free and rescued you. <laughs> Go so, check out that episode. It's it's, uh, it's a doozy. While living in Tokyo at the age of 24, Sagawa became attracted to a tall German woman and later said, quote, when I met this woman in the street, I wondered if I could eat her. <laughs> you will not eat me, little <laughs> Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point he's 24 years old so he's been living with this for nearly 20 years now yeah with this urge to eat someone it's a long time of suppression yeah and fucking your dog <laughs> or having Jesus. your dog blow you so he just impulsively decided to follow her back to her apartment and broke in by climbing through her window while this woman was sleeping so guy intended on slicing off a piece of her buttocks and sneaking away with it to eat later. So he wasn't going to kill her. It wasn't his intention. It was just a little nibble. Yeah. But he didn't bring a knife or anything with him to subdue this woman. He just, it was just completely impulsive. So after searching her apartment, he found an umbrella to attack her with, but she woke up and started screaming, which caused him to, to flee. He was arrested by police and charged with attempted rape, but he kept his true motive of cannibalism to himself. And there are no other recorded incidents like this. It just seems that this was just straight up impulsive, acting on the fantasy that had just been building up for years. And it's also unclear if he ever received any prison time for doing this. So there's just no record of prison time and he's never spoken about it? He wouldn't. He didn't say and I could find no record if he ever did any time. Which probably means he didn't. Probably not. They're like, oh, you silly goose. You're just playing around. <laughs> Don't do this again. <laughs> In 1977, Sagawa moved to Paris to study comparative literature at the Sorbonne University. You know what else I think? Probably today, he would have been blocked from this if that arrest record had been you know, known. Oh, yeah. I wonder. From the university, you mean? Yeah. Like, I think just more yeah, up to date, maybe be. none of this would have sure. even happened. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, 70s specifically, that's like the golden age for doing all this kind of shit, yeah. just slipping through the cracks. Yep. He said that while living in Paris, quote, almost every night I would bring a prostitute home and then try to shoot them, but for some reason my fingers froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger. It became less about wanting to eat them, but more an obsession with the idea that I simply had to carry out this ritual of killing a girl no matter what. Scary. These are like uh, dry runs. Who else? Who else do we know that did dry runs all the time? Ed Kemper. He did. Yeah, hundreds right. of times. Just oh, picked yeah. up girls trying to just get that tested. What he can get away with saying and That's how right. far he can push things. Yeah, yeah. And it's also noted here that he that he looks like Golem from Lord of the Rings. 
in the nose. <laughs> He's not a looker. No. This guy is one ugly motherfucker, man. He does look like Smeagol. <laughs> well, we posted his teaser pic on Friday, and then you'll see the you know pictures of him we post this week. But If he was banging hookers every night, I'm fairly certain there was like a 50% golem upcharge <laughs> because... Like this guy's atrocious. Like, they're like, oh, he's on the go- golem tab. <laughs> Up him. He's like a four foot nine, like just atrocious looking little. He troll. really is tiny. Oh yeah. And was that because he was like he was a preemie that he just like maybe four foot nine is really small. Well, it said he could fit in his parents' hand when he was born. I think he could fit in my hand today. He probably could. Let's call him up. Let's get him in the studio. So one more thing on this guy, mm. just to tie into our earlier thing. I'd like, I think we, I'd like to do a fan poll when we post a picture of this guy, if people would rather fuck a dog or this guy. I'd be curious to to hear your thoughts. <laughs> or country mice. So we're going <laughs> to run a poll. No, don't do that because I'll feel real bad. Let's when say I lose. or a Rottweiler. He is an ugly man. Oof. So that's going to be the poll this week. To this week, like we do a poll every week. <laughs> oh boy, you could tell we just did a month of straight serious episodes. I was ready to, to drink and tell jokes tonight. Hey, we needed it. <laughs> While studying at the Sentier Institute in Paris in 1981, Sagawa spotted another tall, beautiful Northern European woman named Renee Hartvelt. He said that when he sat next to her in class, he fell instantly in love and could not stop thinking about the white skin of her arms. Renee was 25 years old, blonde and independent. She spoke three languages and had a bright future with the aim of getting a PhD in French literature. Sagawa asked her to teach him German, and since his father was was pretty wealthy, he could pay her pretty well, so she accepted. According to him, she liked his obvious intelligence and ability to to discuss everything from Impressionist paintings to Shakespeare to European literature. So he's talking himself up. Oh, yeah. He wrote her love letters and invited her to concerts and exhibits. And we talked about he's a small guy. He was four, you know, was he four nine? He was four foot nine, yeah. Yeah. Walked with a limp, but she, she agreed to go out with him and... I mean, on her end, it was just friend. It was it was just friends, but yeah, I'm sure she found him not threatening at all. Yeah, well, and he was also what paying her well for uh, to teach him German, right? So right. she also knows that by hanging out with him, she's probably going to make some money. True, he's undercover, man. The snake in the grass. I didn't see him coming. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like he's about as the size of a snake, <laughs> just a tiny little thing. I guess it depends on what kind of snake you're thinking of. I was thinking of an actual snake. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like oh a <boy>. slithering snake. <laughs> so one day he invited Renee over to his apartment for dinner. He asked her to read a poem by his favorite German expressionist. After she left, he smelled and licked the place where she had sat, and that's when he decided that he was going to eat her, and that would allow him to possess her forever. Interesting thought with that whole possess possess him forever is that's like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer line of thinking. It was. He he would always say that that he if when he ate someone he felt like he would just like they would be a part of him. It must be a common theme in the cannibal uh, world. It sounds like absorbing it. someone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's right, though. Like, you know, um, like cannibal tribes that want to, you know, possess the soul of their enemies and would eat them. It's the same kind of thinking. The logic makes sense. Soon he asked her to come over again for dinner. He had a cassette recorder, and he said he wanted to record her reading a poem. She accepted for the evening of June 11th, 1981, and Sagawa prepared himself to, to carry out this ultimate fantasy he had going Upon arriving in Paris, he purchased a 22 caliber rifle for self-protection. He had it ready when Rene arrived. They sat on the floor together, Japanese-style, to drink tea. And into her drink, he put some whiskey to make her more compliant with what he was about to do. They, so they sat and talked for a while as Sagawa waited for the whiskey to, to have its effect. Then he told Rene that he loved her and wanted to take her to bed and... Obviously, she told him no. She's like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. 
Where do you sleep? Underground, you fucking troll. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your bed. Damn. She's harsh. In a cave like Gollum. Ugh. I hate this fucking guy. So he just, he not he said that he nodded to her. Like, just, he didn't debate that at all. Just nodded to her and then got up to get a book of poetry while Renee sat on a chair. Sagawa handed the poem to Renee to read and started the recorder. While she recited the poem in German, Sagawa came up from behind her with his rifle and shot her in the back of the neck. She fell off the chair, and he continued to talk to her, but she failed to answer. And he said he was surprised about how quiet it was. And then he noticed the amount of blood that was that was coming out of this wound. And at first, he attempted to clean it up, but then finally he said... Screw it. There's, I'm not going to be able to clean that up. Some of the reports, too, said he passed out from the site. Yeah. So. I think from what I was looking at with this, it seems like these change a lot. Like, the theme is the same, but, like, small details change here and there because he's written multiple. We'll yeah. get into it, but he's written multiple books about it. I think that's probably right. So it's almost Ed Kemperish and that he's trying to, like, perfect the perfect story and, like, the way to tell it. Yeah, rewrite his narrative. Yeah. yeah. He then undressed her, finding it difficult to remove clothing from a corpse because he was a very small guy and not very strong. So yeah, he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> little wrapped her arms. He really, yeah. He's got really tiny arms. Yeah, little mini hands. Like they, they yeah. almost look disfigured. Like yeah. the way they were. So he he was having a hard time. Then he got a knife and used it to cut off the tip of her left breast and a small piece of her nose and ate them raw. Later in his book titled In the Fog, he said, quote, I touched her hip and wondered where I should bite first. So he chose her right buttock and found it too difficult to bite into. He said that his teeth weren't sharp enough just to bite into somebody and, and get a piece of uh, a piece of flesh off like that. Well, and and he actually I I'd saw in the documentary, he said he chose the right uh, buttock because it was further from the heart than the left one, and he was afraid of blood. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> weird detail. Fucking guy is going to mm. eat a human, but oh, but I'm afraid of blood. Yeah, right. And uh, and then he he goes on, and like you said, that documentary, multiple do- interviews, books, everything. He goes through all this. Uh, yeah, that's right, folks. Mike did some research. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So because he couldn't, his teeth weren't sharp enough to just bite into somebody like that, I mean, it's not even remotely realistic, he went and grabbed a knife. And when he cut into her, he said he was surprised that it wasn't just regular meat, like what you would think cutting into a steak. There was fat, which he said had the appearance of yellow corn. And he, he bent down to smell it and found that it had no odor. So he cut deeper into the flesh. And then he got to, you know, past fat and actual meat. And he placed a chunk in his mouth and said, quote, it melted in my mouth like raw tuna in a sushi restaurant. Can you imagine the scene at this gross. fucking place? Using an electric carving knife, Sagawa began to cut Renee into parts. He laid out strips of flesh to store for later and ate a few more pieces raw. Then he made a quick meal of fried human flesh with mustard. He took photographs of the mutilated corpse and had sex with it. When I hug her, he wrote, she lets out a breath and told her he loved her. Like we were talking earlier, that would be the gases. Because yeah. like in morgues, when they say people moan. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you it's just creepy, imagine the scene? Can you just like try to put yourself in this, you know? No, I, I it's <laughs> it doesn't feel real. Like it, right. just, it just feels like we're telling uh, just a novel. You can't picture someone actually doing this. No, no. And not to, you know, what we're going to get to, what this guy's become like nowadays. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. As he cooked and ate more of her remains, he listened to the recording he made of her reading the poem. When he was finished, he used her underwear as a napkin to wipe his mouth and then returned to her body, cut off a breast and baked it and disliked its greasy consistency, and he found that he preferred her thighs. Once he was tired and full, he took what was left of the corpse to his bed and slept with it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It, it is literally like out of a horror movie. It's oh, well, 100%. Then, what does it smell like at this point? I, I don't want to think about that. Like, how do that you makes just go to up. sleep? Like, <laughs> well, he was tired and full. 
Jesus. That's Dahmer style, too. He would sleep yeah. with the bodies yeah. for days. Ugh. The next day, finding that the body did not smell yet, he continued to try parts of it. In particular, the arm that he was really fascinated with. He chewed it all the way from her underarm to her elbow. Which that's a lot. Like, that's... Yeah. This guy eats a lot for a little fucking four foot nine troll, too. <laughs> Where's his appetite come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when we, obviously, we can't post them on social media, but the pictures are out there. I mean, yeah, her arm is completely... I mean, we completely... could. We're not going well, to. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the worst pictures I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. Just... You could find if people want to find them, they can search them and. and I, I wouldn't. Back. I wouldn't look. But at it's it, not. Uh, it's awful. It's not. Yeah, don't look at them. About this, this underarm to the elbow. He said, "Quote: I had no idea that it would taste so good." Fucking Gollum's got a tapeworm or something. Where's all this food going? He was curious about a few of the body parts that seemed more repulsive to him, so he cut out her anus and put it into his mouth. <laughs> but the smell. Was, was too bad, and he spit it out. He, he tried frying it, but that failed to get rid of the odor, so he, he gave up on that and returned back to her body. By the afternoon, several large flies began to swarm around the corpse, so Sagawa took that as a sign that he should that he should stop eating her and dispose of the body. Oh, is that a sign, <laughs> asshole? Jeez. He then used a hatchet to chop her up into pieces that would fit into a suitcase, that suitcases that he bought specifically for this purpose. Yet, even as he dismembered her, he he was getting excited, so he used her hand to masturbate with. Then he chewed on her nose, and since previously, when like leading up to this, he had fantasized about chewing on her lips, he cut those off and and removed them to the side for later. So he was already at the point where she he's like she's decaying. There's flies, but. Well, a few more nibbles. Yeah. We'll just take the nose. We'll take her lips. I, th- th- it doesn't even seem real. To, no, it, it's... To be able to do this. Like, how can a human being do this? This is like uh, escalation, like unheard of escalation, to go from breaking into someone's mm. apartment to then just going all out like this. Like, you would think... With like other serial killers, you would think this is like the final kill where they just yeah. go all out, like they can't control themselves at all anymore. It's true. It's just been pent up for so long. He's just from zero to a hundred immediately. Yeah. Mm. In his book, he said, "Quote: I want her tongue. I can't open her lower jaw, but I can reach in between her teeth. Finally, it comes out." And he cut it off and put it into his mouth and watched himself chewing it in the mirror. And tongues, like that's got to be real tough, I'd imagine, right? Aren't tongues like you've had cow tongue, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, it's delicious. I've never had it, but isn't it a tougher meat? Yeah, if you, you got to prepare it right. Well, but he, he raw, did not prepare I mean, it right. Yeah, yeah. So that just makes it more gross, I think, to me. Ugh. And she's already been dead for like twenty-four hours. Right. Uh, the final step for Sagawa was to explore her internal organs, which stung his hands with digestive acid. So he he gave up on that idea and used the hatchet to cut off her head. He grabbed her head by the hair and hung it in front of him and like looked at himself in the mirror and he said about about that in retrospect, quote, I realized I am a cannibal. And oh, can, that's when it <laughs> occurred to you. It sunk in at that point. Oh, well, yeah. You can Google his, his comic, his manga that we'll talk about later. He, he draws a picture of himself doing that. It's, it's an interesting picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After he was finished bagging all the pieces into the suitcases, he called a cab to go to a park called Bois de Boulogne. In, in the documentary, that I, I saw this reported a couple different ways, but it, when he says that the guy, because it was too too heavy for him to carry, the, the cab driver helped yeah. him. He was like, what, do you got a body? Yeah, in right. Here? I saw that. Oh, pal, you got a body in this thing? <laughs> You know, like, you know, just making small talk yeah, being folksy. Right. <laughs> He's like, As a matter of fact, my good man. <laughs> Is that how Gollum would say it, Dave? <laughs> man, I picture like Schmeagol, like, yeah. it's been a long time since I saw Lord of the Rings. <laughs> hey, Pally, you got a bottle in? Uh, hey, Pally, you got a body in here? Schmeagol likes bodies. <laughs> When he arrived to the to the park, he was intending on shoving them into the lake. 
However, he had a difficult time because they were so heavy. And when he spotted some people watching him, he got scared and just left the suitcases. It was broad daylight, he said, when he got there. He's like, oh, I didn't realize how light it was out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, genius. Motherfucker didn't realize when he walked out of his apartment. <laughs> like, oh, it might be a little too light for this. And that's this is odd because this one, this one report, Martingale reports it as he just left them. And this couple came up and opened, or this couple walked up to the suitcases and saw one of her severed hands sticking out of it. But then in that documentary, when he's telling the story... He says that um, that a guy just walked up to the suitcases and asked if it was his. And he said he told him no, but maybe he should have said yes and yeah. they wouldn't have looked in there. Because then the guy just opened them up and then they, you know, called him. So he said they started screaming murder. Yeah, at he him. just walked away. Yeah. Regardless, somebody at the park opened the suitcases up. So when the police were called, they opened the suitcases, found the remains, and began tracing the bags back to where they were purchased. In the meantime, Sagawa returned to his apartment to eat the pieces of Rene that he had put in the refrigerator. Did you guys ever read the book or see the movie Alive? The one about the Mm-mm. Uruguayan rugby team that crashed in the Andes. And they I know to... the story, but no. Curious. Like, would you have a problem have eating people? That? Yeah. I read the book, too. Good? That's really interesting. Like, you think you'd be able to eat people if you crashed up in there and you were starving? I think if it was life or death, yes. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think probably. I would try to maybe cook it a little bit, not just cut off an ass meat and eat it. I think it'd probably be more tolerable if it was cooked. I don't think they really had cooking equipment up there well, I mean, if in could, the mountains in the snow. They you just make sliced a, them hey, off. And... Tom Hanks can make a fire and cast away. You can make a fire in the mountains. It's very simple. <laughs> I'll teach you guys. You guys aren't outdoorsy like me. I can do it. <laughs> Well, you're like a rugged outdoorsman, uh, oh, right. survivalist, if you will. Well documented. Well documented on this show. All you need is a stick, a rock, and a, three pieces of leg hair, and you can start a fire. <laughs> three pieces of leg hair. Yep. No problem. I can start you a fire. <laughs> leg hair. And I'll cook your ass meat and eat it, and I'll be <laughs> good to go. Go fight those wolves up there and get to safety. Beowulf and all them up there. Beowulf. <laughs> hey, it's my story. <laughs> you tell me you wouldn't watch that fucking movie? <sighs> Come on now. Oh, I'd watch it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, I just need some goddamn leg hair. <laughs> Why are you guys all shaved? <laughs> Ignore the fact I just take out my own leg hair. <laughs> Semantics. All right. That's all I got on the uh Yes, the answer to your the question. Eating stuff. I think if it was life or death, I could eat all right. meat. I think I'd, pref- he, I think I'd prefer it cooked. I'd prefer my sure. human flesh cooked. Yes. I think we've talked about this, though. Maybe we did it off air, but like, could you eat like if you were at like a science, like uh, uh, some kind of uh, lab and you were offered um, some human flesh, would you try it? I think I probably would. You know, some biology uh, classroom or some sorts. I think I would. Like just a tiny little, tiniest little piece. Yeah, no? I wouldn't. Where were we? T- we were talking about this. By the Super Bowl party. In public with people that yeah. don't know us. Some well, people were Ian, there that don't know us. Well, Ian, when was the last time you were in public? Probably the Super Bowl party. But yeah, in that type of setting. Right? Were there people listening to us? Yeah, there was people there that we had never met sitting right next to us on the couch. We're talking about, yeah. so this fucking flash, you'd eat this. I think we actually talked about this on the last bonus show, not out in public. Did we? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about it in public, though. Well, then you reprised it because I think we talked about it in the last bonus show. Were we foreshadowing mm. on the last bonus? The last bonus show was a call-in show. I think we talked about it after the cannibal story. When police arrived at his apartment two days later after the murder with a search warrant, Sagawa let them in, and they opened the refrigerator, found the pieces of Renee's body, including her lips. He freely confessed to what he had done and added that he had a history of mental illness. When he went in front of a judge, his descriptions were so detailed they just immediately decided he was not competent to stand trial, that he was he was insane. Sagawa received a sentence of incarceration for an indefinite period in the Paul Girard Asylum, and three psychiatrists who evaluated him said that he would never be cured. His father, Akira Sagawa, was the president of Kurita Water Industries in Tokyo, and so, I mean, he's got, he's got some pull. Eventually worked out a deal in 1984 to have his son transferred to the Matsumawa Psychiatric Hospital in Japan. 
the superintendent there believed that he was sane and ought to be in prison. There, Sagawa remained for only 15 months before he was granted his freedom in 1985, again, thanks to his father. And it was very much against the advice of the superintendent at the hospital. To another week of rich people doing whatever they want. Yeah, and and so I saw this... I saw this reported a couple of different ways too. A, I, I saw that a report that his dad didn't really have much to do with it, that it was more like France was like, hey, this guy's not even our, our citizen. Why the fuck are we paying for him to be here? And I saw that too. After they published that book, France is like, well, it was like a public outcry in France. They're like, get this fucking guy out of here. Yeah. So they shipped him back to Japan. And then that's where his dad had yeah, that pull. Right. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these are reported different ways, a lot of the points in this story. So after killing and consuming a woman, Sagawa was able to freely just go about in society and just live his life only five years after committing that crime. That's nice. Fucking crazy. We'll be right back. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology Beard Oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. Once he was released, he became somewhat of a celebrity in Japan. Sagawa was invited to write columns for popular magazines in addition to the uh, the book titled In the Fog that we discussed earlier, he also wrote a couple novels. He appeared on television talk shows and even, even a cooking show where he made a meal sampling meat dishes. In his porn movie performance, he was invited to chew on the buttocks of a female co-star. <laughs> How is this okay? So I don't understand. My, my, when I first... Like when you sent this, because I hadn't even looked into him at all at this point. And when I was like, I was like, God damn, this is crazy. Like, who the fuck's paying him to do this? And then I realized it was all Japanese companies. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah they got sense. some crazy shit. <laughs> like, that makes sense. You can probably find his stuff on Pornhub. Uh, you can. Sure. <laughs> Google it right now. You'll like, find it but all. That's one thing. But like the mainstream stuff, like, the cooking shows. I mean, that's like having Jeffrey Dahmer on fucking Master Chef or something, and with Gordon yeah. Ramsay. Like it's crazy. Jeffrey, this this fucking <laughs> rack of lamb is so overcooked. <laughs> like it's nuts. Or like what's a know, like what's a kids show? You know that like Barney was Barney a kids show when you guys are when I you mean, guys I are know kids? Barney is a kids show. Or like yeah. having John Wayne Gacy on Barney <laughs> or something. Like it's nuts. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls. <laughs> Say hello to our special friend, John Wayne the Clown. Like, how does this happen? I love you. You love me. We all love John Wayne Gacy. Damn. Like, it's not underground, you know, cable news network. Like, this guy's on fucking legitimate. Uh, hello, John Wayne. Talk shows. Hello, Issy. Are you hungry today? But so fucking weird. <laughs> but weren't they kind of doing theirs like with him like in a mocking style? Like a lot of it was, I don't, but like they weren't the cooking necessarily show. I know, but celebrating him. I don't know, man. When you got a, a fucking guy that ate a girl on your cooking show, like sampling meat dishes, and there you can see the videos. It's fucking He's terrible. I'm not with saying his it's chopsticks good. and eating raw meat and shit. I'm not saying they did. They it was great to do. Man, that's <laughs> fucked up. Hello. You like my Barney voice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't heard a thought about Barney in I don't know how long. I was thinking about whole, like wholesome programming. I don't know. Wholesome Hello, pro- John Wayne. <laughs> wholesome programming. His mind goes to Barney. Why didn't he go to Ernest Angel? <laughs> that is not wholesome at all. Well, I think you're hanging out the wrong people. <laughs> Power of Christ. Compels you. So, so he <laughs> go on Ian. <laughs> tell Bar- the special tale <laughs> Barney Dave new character we got <laughs> add him to the list 
tell of all the good <laughs> boys and girls out there about Issei Sagawa. So obviously he was not uh, repentant for these for these crime for this crime at all. I mean, he was just like kind of basking in all this attention. And in that documentary or that interview, one he makes it seem like he's uh, like almost like he's a victim. Like, oh, I had no job, so mm-hmm. I had to do you know all this media stuff to make money. It's like you shouldn't even be yeah, able to be that motherfucker, people, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy should have been put down a long time ago. Yeah. Like people like this can't be on the earth. I'm sorry. If you eat people, I, we we can't have you anymore. Yeah, That's I, just how it is. I sorry. I mean, we should just at least not let them free. Would be a start. Well, I would take that. Eh, we don't need you, really. Wow. I, I feel I like get the anti. I don't want to go back to DP. I know. I don't want to go back to that whole debate again. This, but. this guy should have been put down. Let's yeah. be honest. Well, I think he should have just been kept in Paris in that mental institution and maybe gotten some kind of treatment or counseling, but kept there. Or we could have just killed him. <laughs> yeah. I do not agree. Okay. That's fine. We don't have to I feel agree. like there are certain cases in the world where society is just checked out on somebody. Yeah. There's just some people that the world can do without, and this guy is clearly one of them. If you want him on home release at your house, though, you're, that's fine. <laughs> I, I don't want this in. guy out in uh, public. You wake up, he's eating your fucking toes. <laughs> this little piggy went to my mouth. One of the most bizarre things that he did, or that, that he was paid to do, was a softcore porn movie. And the basic idea of this movie was that he would spend 24 hours having sex with an actress, but not reveal to her who he was or what he had done until after. And as he's telling her about this, after he fucked her for a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And he starts telling her and like showing her pictures of what he did, like yeah. the pictures that he took. Yeah. She gets super upset. And it's, it's, when I watched that, I felt really, really bad for her. But then two seconds later, they're best friends and they're showing all these pictures that they took throughout life. So I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. no. And right after that, she fucks him again. Yes. Yeah, so like, <laughs> In the documentary, like yeah. when he's telling her this. Like telling her about how he would get turned on or or want to eat thighs, you like she puts a blanket over her legs, <laughs> right? Like she starts covering up, and then she probably remembers, oh, I'm fucking paid to bang this guy for 24 hours, so then she'd fuck him again. So and I feel bad in that aspect. I feel terrible for her. But then afterwards they become best friends. I'm like, well, I'm like of course Japan, of course that <laughs> happens. <laughs> Only in Japan would something like that happen. Well, and there's golden showers in a, in this movie too. There's a, a close up of her pissing all over his face in his mouth. And that was in a different documentary you watched. I tried to watch this one that came out recently good. called yeah. Cannibal, and it's I I could like I rented it to watch it. By the way, Nakanamapod owes me the rental fee. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, just a close up. Research. It's a close up of this guy, fucking troll's face for like a half an hour straight. And I, it's just so disturbing. I had to turn it off. Yeah, I, I'm not paying for that. And I did yeah. a brief search of. Yeah, it was uh, bad. My torrent site and some very questionable things type <laughs> came up when I typed in "cannibal" into a, into an illegal. <laughs> you don't want to go down service. that road. <laughs> yeah, no. You guys like golden showers? You into that at all? No, not really. Am thing. I into it? No. Do I know of them? Sure. Yeah. Just curious. Again, not judging. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I Everyone... always think of the office. We're just talking about the, the baby shower thing. That's right. He's like, where's my golden it's an, shower? It's an hour-long <laughs> shower for guys. <laughs> <laughs> where's my golden shower, Pam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not ju- if If that's your right. thing, that's your thing. You know. I'm, I'm I'm against cannibalism as your thing because you're hurting other people. But if if you're into people pissing on you and you can find a man or a woman who's gonna who's willingly gonna well, do sure. it, then go for it. I don't mind other people doing it. I was curious if you were into it. I am not. Huh. I don't think that's my thing. What about Cleveland Steamer, another hometown hero. Well, of course, who's from Cleveland doesn't love a steamer. It's <laughs> what we do around here, right. right? Just making sure the Browns take shits every Sunday on the field, and we take shits on each other's chests. We get back to uh, Mike and Ian sports sports yeah. chat. <laughs> Ian and Mike sports chat. I, I would tune into that. I think that started on uh, the bonus show the past week, available on Patreon in the archives. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I'm we all over the sports, place, and man. we take calls from douchebag men listeners <laughs> who have hot takes on things. Hot takes on all the sports. Speaking of hot and takes, 
I would not take a hot load of urine to my face. <laughs> it's not my thing. But I understand if that right. people could be into that. Okay, sure. I got nothing. You're not hurting to... anybody else. Go for it. Would you pee on someone else though? Maybe the, you don't like to be on the receiving day, end. Day, for the right amount of money, I would take piss to the face. <laughs> for the right amount of money, so absolutely, I would also be the giver. I'm not talking about money. I'm just asking if you like to pee on someone. No, I don't think I would. If if someone was like, "Hey, I'm into you peeing on my face. Let's do it." I, no, no, thank you. Not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Money talks though. I'd be swayed into a lot of things with my, you know, broken sack and stuff. <laughs> At this point, what else? Can you even pee anymore? Does that thing even work? I mean, it's it's like a, you know, it's like, like a that, triple it's like spray. The, it's like that post sex over the place. Post sex spray that <laughs> fucking, you don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> it's one of those. You know, get some toilet paper ready. You're gonna be cleaning up the cabinets. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But, you know, <laughs> I can pee outside, no problem. <laughs> like when you put the uh, when you put the hose on, like, spray mode, <laughs> it's like, you know, just that mist that goes out like a big triangle. <laughs> mist. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, oh, oh boy. Where did... This is what happens when we do four weeks of serious <laughs> episodes. This guy ate somebody. This is a yeah, serious this, episode. I know. I know. Oof. Uh... So yeah, circling back to that woman. Yeah, I felt bad for her, but <laughs> but why, then she why ends not? up being his friend. <laughs> why not? Like happy ending, I guess, for her. Like she was okay with it for him too. I guess they she were, grew. They to... were buds. There's pictures of them like posing naked on beaches together and shit. It's crazy. I mean, we we kind of glossed over, it, but with with all the stuff, but the like the books he wrote, he published photos from the crime scene and everything. Yeah, and it's just nuts. Totally. Didn't care at all. Wasn't sorry in the least. Uh, the other thing that he did that is uh, very popular online is a uh, he did a manga, which is a Japanese comic or graphic novel. I didn't know what manga was. Oh, really? No. I should have consulted our friend Ed from Pod Van Dam. Yeah, probably so. It's titled Manga Sagawa San, and it's just basically a graphic novel of what he uh, what he did. I looked real hard for a for an online version of it because I wanted to check it out, but no one's not that I could find had made like a scan version. But you can get physical copies of it on eBay for like two hundred bucks. Mm. That murder memorabilia is a a big market. Oh yeah, what did I see? Big money. When I was actually when I was looking for this, a link popped up to something from Jeffrey Dahmer. I think it was its original booking photo, a Polaroid of it. Wow. It was like five thousand mm. dollars. Damn! How much were these going for? Two hundred. This okay. has been the first thing that I think we've ever dis- discussed that I would be like, that'd be kind of interesting to have. It's wild I too. I mean, you can find. And I don't want to say cool to have. Yeah. But I don't know, like that of all the things we've discussed, I I would almost purchase something like that just to see it and have it. Mm. It's yeah. Fucked up. The, the, and you can see the pictures, like you said, online if you search for them. Yeah, we cannot post those on social media. No. Those will get taken down real quick. Yeah, probably almost all of them, right? Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty just, graphic. There's just graphic and nudity. What's interesting about him, too, is how he uh, it, it carries over that idea how small he views himself. He's like, in those pictures, he's like tiny mm-hmm. in the drawings of him. And like that, and, uh, that Renee woman's like super, you know, she's huge compared yeah. to him. It's weird. It's, it's interesting. So disturbing. Thing. It's extremely disturbing drawings. They're they're wild. Yeah, I started clicking on some random Russian websites and stuff looking for it. Oh, that's probably a good idea. (laughs) Sounds safe. (laughs) Nothing ever goes bad when you do that. Like, all right, I'm done. It's not out there. So one of the more interesting documentaries that we came across that Vice did on this guy, it's just a half hour long. It's available on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's just this guy seated in a chair going over I and mean, really retelling the whole story and some of the, you know, the pers- post-murder stuff and how his life's been ever since. And just it illustrates his total lack of remorse for the whole thing. And it's if you it's called Interview with a Cannibal. Interview with a Cannibal. On YouTube. It's, if you type that in, it's literally the only thing that pops yeah. up or first thing that's by it's Vice. horrific. Yeah. So one of the the first interesting things I saw in there was he was on a cruise at some point before all this happened with a butcher. I think it was a German butcher. Yeah. 
And he goes back and he and he tells how the butcher described to him how to gut animals. So he took a lot of that knowledge with him into the future. Thought it was really helpful in you know dissecting people. Yeah, and he said after the fact he sent that guy a thank you note. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, thanks a lot. And then he was like, and then he never replied. He never replied. <laughs> no shit, motherfucker. Yeah. God damn, pal. <laughs> And that butcher looks exactly like what I thought a butcher would look like. He's a big dude. Just a big, burly man with like a beard and just jolly and looks like he could just gut you. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. And then there's fucking four foot nine little, you know, cannibal. Oh, thanks for teaching me. Yeah. Sure thing, pal. I mean, just a couple of high points of the video. They, uh, this guy does paintings of uh, women now. Beautiful women only. Yeah. And he's got a manager to sell his paintings internationally. Uh, his apartment was pretty interesting with the uh, the pictures of all the Japanese models. And he was talking about the one girl in particular. Very attractive. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like actri- young lady. Was it models? Or they, I thought they were like actresses and pop stars. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They all looked really young. Yeah. But he said that he, the one. The one woman, she her, she was like posed with her arm up, and he was talking about her armpit. And he said he just wants to put his face in there and die. Like, he wants uh, to be smothered by yeah. her armpit and die. When he go, and that's like a theme for him throughout that documentary. Is like he he talks about how he he he's lonely. He no one calls, no one visits him. He just wants to kind of die. Yeah, motherfucker, you <laughs> ate somebody. And he wants to die, but he wants to die like. In a sexual, almost fetishy way. To be torn alive be by beautiful torn, women. Torn apart alive by a beautiful woman. Preferably by a beautiful Preferably. woman. Preferably. Is I believe what he said. Yeah, he was doing that whole uh that whole guilt for like woe is me thing where that he was saying that he deserved to be killed and tortured and stuff. That's the same shit Ed Kemper did. He would always say that he just deserved to be tortured to death. It's yeah. like yeah. But if I was that uh if I was that that actress or, or whatever she is, I would be like, get my manager on the phone after seeing that, be like, hey, you need to like buy me some security yeah. or something. Well, and, and at one part, early in the documentary, he talks about how he was very into Western women. And then when it cuts to like current day, he's like, well, no, now I'm into Japanese women. Mm-hmm. And he even says specifically from a specific area, specifically from a specific town mm-hmm. from Okinawa. I'm going to say specific 17 more times. Uh, from it was that what it was Okinawa yeah. so you know and then he's honed in on like these young they look like they're in their early 20s something yeah. you know beautiful girls maybe models actresses whatever he's got their posters up on his wall this is current time when yeah. this documentary came out well and he still acknowledges he has the urge to eat them he, yeah he's not hiding it he doesn't yeah, right. say I'm reformed I don't want to eat people anymore yeah he says if he flat out says that he still has the urge to at yeah. least he's being honest I guess. Points for honesty. I mean, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, kayfabe that a little bit. I mean, and the one other thing in the documentary where they got him to film this movie, and I guess they really tell him what they were going to be doing, and it's just essentially a movie of them making fun of him. They have him like doing calisthenics and running around, and then they do like a little Red Riding Hood. It's so it's just fucking weird. It's bizarre. This, it's like classic Japan shit. Yeah, yeah. The Vice, just crazy stuff. Yeah. The Vice documentary shows, in my opinion, way too much of the little Red Riding Hood documentary <laughs> or, or uh, porn <laughs> part awkward. where he's fucking chasing or, you know, going after this girl and then he's laying in bed. Yeah. And, he's you got know, the wolf hat on. Yeah, he's got the little wolf hat and the whole gimmick. And of course, you know, they're playing off the better to eat you with or whatever. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. It's just bizarre. I don't even know what else to say about it. I feel like it doesn't surprise me, the theme of it, because it's Japan. Like there's, I can't remember the name of the website. There's a website out there that's dedicated to nothing but Japan media, like just how bizarre some of their TV mm-hmm. shows are like that, and they're just so weird. But then we get awesome stuff like Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Well, that, that's <laughs> a, fucking the greatest <laughs> show. I wish that was still on. It is a good it show. It was so good. <laughs> I, I think for me, like it doesn't like the bizarreness of it doesn't surprise me. I think it's just that the fact that he is a real life cannibal. Right, and, right. And no one's scared to be around him. <laughs> right. He's freely admitting that he still wants to eat people. <laughs> like, dude, 
Maybe don't say that. Maybe say, I don't want it. I'm full. I'm a but little guy he, and I'm full. I don't want to eat people anymore. And he feels bad when no one calls him and visits him. And then he's not. If he if he says he's reformed or whatever, I'm sure he's not making all this money doing all this too. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, and you those, can't be. I mean, you can't be reformed if you did something like sure. that. There's no way you come back from that. Right. You either we put you down or you go live at Mike's house because he wants you to <laughs> stay alive. I'm not for the death penalty. I'm not getting into it tonight. Too drunk. Too tired. Anyway, those are the high points of the movie. Killing does not stop killing. That's a proven fact. That's a proven fact. It doesn't. This you, you, you want people. If you he's want dead. you want your government to kill people. That's fine. I don't. We're getting close to breaking the rule. I've tried to stay quiet all night. There's one rule on this show. <laughs> anyway, watch the watch this YouTube video interview with the cannibal and uh, get insight into it's, this fucking golem troll. It's weird it's, fucker. It's insanity. So kind of fast forward in a couple of years, um, in 2005, his parents died. Uh, he was prevented from attending their funeral, but repaid their creditors and moved into public housing. He received welfare benefits for a time. And in an interview with Vice Magazine in 2011, he said that being forced to make a living while being known as a murderer and a cannibal was a terrible punishment. Oh, poor fella. It's tough for him. In 2013, he was hospitalized for a cerebral infarction that permanently damaged his nervous system. Since being released, he has been under full-time care of his brother. More recently, it has been reported that Sagawa has undergone a gastrostomy and can no longer eat. He is fed through a tube directly into his stomach, and his condition is worsened by chronic diabetes. See? Nature takes care of itself. You guys were going to kill the man. (laughs) Boom. Problem solved. I... I I think this is a plus for potential victims that this asshole can't eat anymore. Yeah, you really go away from that. Uh, like I said, I didn't really do any research for this for the most part. And watching the documentary, I left it thinking like, oh, God damn, it's just a matter of time before this guy does that again. Yeah, the way he's talking, definitely. The way he's talking. I don't think that guy was ever leaving his apartment. Well, good thing he didn't. For a long time, he was all over the place. Yeah, he was and did nothing, on- though. Did nothing. And one of the things I think we, we forgot to bring up is he, like, shortly after he got out, he would, like, steal money from his dad and, like, sell their possessions and stuff to yeah. pay for hanging out with Western women. And, like, he found these two ladies that he would hang out with. And it doesn't seem like it was actually sexual with, with them, but maybe the two girls with each other. Yeah, but it yeah. seems like they just bled him for his money he was getting from his yeah, parents they to go on vacations that. and all kinds of stuff. And yeah. that was, they, they feature that in the documentary. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. You know damn well he wanted to eat those two women. They were like right up his alley. They were both oh, super 100%. tall and blonde. No, they looked like, look like models. Where were they from? I can't remember. I, I don't know. They and were like blonde them, girls, though. One of them, though, found out about him, right, yeah. through their boyfriend. Yeah, right. And they're like, well, I need to stop hanging out with you now, but I'm not going to tell the other girl. Thanks for that. Thanks for yeah, that. Thanks, pal. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to eat her, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But, but this is where we part ways. So, yeah. There he is. Is a Sagawa. Well, don't get me wrong. This guy's a piece of shit. He's not a good human being. I mean, he only killed one person, but this is just one of the most disgusting stories we've covered. Well, I think the fact that he just got out and he's just living a life and, and achieved notoriety and fame and made money and wrote books off this and celebrates it, that's what makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the, he just did this and was put in jail forever, then... We probably wouldn't even be covering him, right? It's a different story. There'd be nothing to talk about with But him, just really. the visceral reaction to the these pictures, I, I, I don't know, but the, the pictures are so horrific to me. Yeah, I mean, bad, they, I would say if anybody... Well, go, if you don't want to look at the actual crime scene photos, look at the mango ones, at least. Get the a good idea. ones, yeah. yeah. You'll get a good idea for yeah. it. It reminded me a lot of... Um, the torso murder photos, except yeah. Yeah. they're better quality because it was more current and these bodies weren't hacked up. They were eaten. But just being able to do this and come out and write a, a fucking comic book about it. Well, that's it's outrageous. It, right. yeah. It's just, an, you know, the system failed to properly keep him locked up or detained or get him help or treatment or whatever. And meanwhile, he's just walking free. And then this poor girl's got a family that's 
you know, still living and around and watching this guy fucking be on talk shows and, you know, uh, rate food and meats that they're cooking. Like, it's well, disgusting. Mocking the whole thing, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a whole different ballgame over in Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the son of Sam law here where you can't, they can't profit off right. of things. This guy's writing books that, you know, comic books about it. He's bragging about it, essentially. Do we know how many books he actually wrote? In general, a bunch. Yeah, like if you go on Goodreads, the 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 book website, he's like a credited author with like seven or eight books. Yeah, he like, wrote, I know he fuck? wrote at least four off the top from what I saw, at least mm-hmm. four full novels and one manga. Yeah, so it's fucked up. So I'm gonna be in Japan next year. Should I go look this fucking asshole up? See if I can talk to him. Well, I would say I advise that you don't do anything criminal. But if you can get an interview for the show, hell yeah. Hmm. That's also, it doesn't sound like this guy's in great health. I don't yeah, know if he he's going to be, be around by, by then. <laughs> when are you going? Next? Next summer. Summer 2021? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, get an interview. Bonus episode. <laughs> you can find it on patreon.com slash Necronomapod. We go out eating sushi, take him to the best places. Oh, boy. Ugh, I don't like this guy. I don't love it. I came into this a lot happier than I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good couple of days here. I'm in good mood. Well, yeah, you got you had a few days off. I, mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. You weren't digging into the brutal murder of a six-year-old girl, so yeah. still a brutal murder, murder, but a little different. I got to do my Barney voice. Got to do his Barney voice. He's been yeah. saving that for eight months, I think. Mm-hmm. Working on it. Never know when it might come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess. We'll bring, we'll bring him back every once in a while. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't foresee a situation where we bring Bernie back. I'm sure he'll pop that up might, on John Wayne. Wing, Hello, Wing Ian. It's true, maybe John Wayne. You're Gacy. my good friend. All right, we got anything else to cover today? No, I don't. Just need a bleach shower this after this Sagawa. one. Yeah. All right, so we got some uh, Patreon shout-outs. God damn, I'm impressed every, every uh, week we do this, how many names we have to read here. Thank you very much to Kelly. Adriana Tibbetts, Stephanie Tay, Garrett G, Randy, Madison, Catherine Von Dutch, Danielle Follen, Christine, Joel, Chris Stiles, and Derek Hoyton. Thank you guys very much. If anyone else out there is interested in becoming a Patreon or a patron, uh, we are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Appreciate the support. Ian, what do we got? For iTunes, I have two tonight. I have one for Backpont and T Swag. Backpont said that they started off with John Bonet and they are going to go back to Ed Gein and start from there. So, oh, new, a little lower quality back then. <laughs> so maybe work the other way backwards. Unlike Just Brew Croft Coffee, uh, lower your standards <laughs> for those <Yeah. laughs> for those first few episodes. Yeah. Appreciate the support. Yeah. And we'll have to uh, we'll have to revisit Ed Gein and Ed Kemper here at some point. So it was a lot of fun that episode, though. Yeah, I mean, hasn't every episode been a lot of fun? It has actually. So thank you guys for the reviews and everybody that's been listening. And we've had a lot of the like just a lot of ratings on there. Yeah. So it's been going up. We were on the charts again today. So very cool. Dave, what do we got on Instagram? Swamp Thing Fifty One, Sandra Mond, Justin Hessen, Caitlin Grogan. And Alex Empless and all his friends overseas, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you. Yeah, very cool. And from Twitter, Eron's. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I always looked at the uh, the stats where it shows countries. I always wondered who was listening in Afghanistan. So it's Alex and his buddies yeah. it's very over cool. there serving it's very our country. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. A little mind over there doing like real life stuff and we're just being three pieces of shit like in a basement <laughs> yeah. like just well and, and- it, i think people forget sometimes these days that we're still in an active yeah you know war over there and i think they get forgotten a lot of times so guys really thank you for your service and yeah. take care 100 yeah. percent. all set and yeah, be safe out there all right you guys ready for a cool down beer cheers